into this pandemic, many of us are feeling flat, fatigued and fed up. There's light at the end of the tunnel, but the tunnel is long. And the only thing that's going to get us through it is hope. Hello, thanks so much for joining me for another episode of You OK. We can't believe we ended last year giving ourselves a pat on the back for making it through 2020. But little did we know it was going to get worse before it got better. Look, I know it's been a particularly hard couple of months for everyone. Like January is never easy, but this one was particularly grim. We're going to talk shortly about hope, but... First, I just wanted to let you know that we've put together like a little package of mini pods with exercises, meditations and more from the series just to make it that wee bit easier for you to take five for your mental health every day. I'll tell you more about it at the end of the episode. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Clinical Professor of Psychiatry at Trinity College, consultant psychiatrist at St. Patrick's University Hospital and author Professor Jim Lucy. Professor Lucy has helped a lot of people in their recovery from mental health difficulties and he's seen firsthand how hope has fueled those journeys. Like many of us now are so exhausted by this pandemic that our reserves of hope are running low and look at I'm sure in many cases have all but run out. But I think if that sounds familiar to you, you'll get a lot out of this chat. I really hope you enjoy it. Jim, how and why is hope important to our well-being? We know for a start that without hope, no enterprise works. And in fact, there's evidence from recovery studies, one that I like to refer to by a lady called Mary Leamy at the Institute of Psychiatry in in London, which looks at the features of successful recoveries. Uh, You know, what makes something work? It fascinated me when I came across this paper because it seems to be an obvious question that we haven't asked. What enterprises succeed, human endeavors? What, what makes them work? And it turns out without hope, they don't succeed. Now I was looking at it from the point of view of recovery because I'm a psychiatrist, as you know, Jan, and I'm looking at getting wellness again because from where I am, wellness is something that's been lost, but it's something that we always must remember can be regained. That's a hopeful idea. So illness is not the permanent state. And it turns out that without that hopeful idea, you can't recover. So Mary Leamy's work, she called it the chime study. Chime, that sound of the bells ringing, they chime. It's an acronym. And it's for the features of things that make recovery possible. Might be worthwhile now at this time of COVID. Well, C stands for connectedness. All successful human endeavors bring people together. H stands for hope. No endeavor is in any way going to succeed unless it is hopeful. In a sense, it has to be a bigger idea than anyone could imagine. In fact, the bigger idea, if it's hopeful, is the more likely it's going to succeed. I stands for integrity. It stands for identity. So. It has to have something that is, has an integrity about it, a true, a true identity about it. So there's no point in connecting and hoping around something that isn't really us. 
M stands for meaningful. If it's going to be meaningful, it's going to be worthwhile without being, being meaningful. In fact, that in itself, and Viktor Frankl pointed that out in terms of meaning, that it, once people, somebody tries to take your meaning from you, make you do the pointless, the, the hopeless, you are destroyed. But no one actually can take your meaning from you. And E stands for empowerment. So one of the things that's so good about the, if you like, the hope of today is that more and more of us see us ourselves as needing to be empowered. And look across the diverse conversation we're having about stresses and strains and losses, about the crises of our past. And you see that people say, no, 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 I want to be empowered to address that issue. And how do they do that? They come together, they form groups, they form it around a hopeful vision that is authentic and has an identity. And then they translate that identity into a meaningful action. They chime. And that those five things, which are essentially breakdowns of hope, put a, a sort of a stem around hope upon which you can expect the, the branches and the leaves to grow of a new outcome. Without those branches and stems, which are sustained by hope, nothing will grow. None of us are going to get through this day without something unexpected happening. And, and there's no way we can actually prevent that. But hope is also necessary before the event. And that's in a sense, something that I am taught by my patients. Whereas, you know, I tend to be coming after the event, after mm -hmm. the crisis, seeing people put themselves together. But my patients remind me they were hopeful before. Hope was something that was, if you like, prenatal. It was always there. I think hope is indicative of being human. We talk about being social, that makes we're, but we start hopeful. Our events can dash our hope. They can drain it. But with the prospect of recovery and the emphasis on the importance of how essential it is for being well, we shouldn't forget that in fact, it was essential for being alive in the first place. It was always there. All we're doing is restoring hope. In a sense, hope is the definition of living. It's so true. And like I was thinking before I spoke to you that, you know, hope is such a quintessentially human thing and such a part of our humanity. But I've no doubt that there are people listening at the moment and any many of us who have been through the last year thinking, well, you know, I had hope this time last year that this would all be done by the summer and you know, then I had hope that I would, you know, get to spend Christmas with my family and that didn't really happen. And then I had hope 2021 would be better. And, you know, this kind of cycle of having hope and feeling those hopes being dashed, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling the weight of that at the moment. In a way, the therapeutic world I'm in can get it wrong because you're not trying to make people hopeful in an alien sense. You're helping people to get back to the hope that was integral to them in the first place. It's authentic. And there are many people who say, you know, no, it's all it's all pointless. It's, it, you know, it, life's short and then you die sort of stuff. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that in a sense is perfectly reasonable at a time. But it's so contrary to our natural state, isn't it? Our natural state is to say this improbable reality. We live on this blue planet, an oasis in a desert 
of balls running around the sky. And it's so improbable and so beautiful that it can only be suspended by obviously physical forces, which we more and more understand, but which in a sense are also improbable, okay? And we go through each day between accepting those improbabilities, pondering them a little, and then moving on, sustained by what? Something intangible, which is, again, I go back to my recovered patients. They talk about living the day that's in front of them. Now, that's a really hopeful idea. You can't hope for a better past. You can only try and live in a better day and hope for a better future. Now, was it Havel said, he wasn't an optimist, but he did travel hopefully. In other words, optimism seems a little bit naive. We're not, you know, saying it'll all work out sweet, you know, pandlos, the idea that everything's going to be worked out in a perfect world. But what we are saying is that our engagement with life can be energized only if it's fueled with hope. Actually, the natural thing we have, a bit like our breathing, is to hope. Now, when that's dashed, when that's torn, when it's drained, somebody like me says, what's happened? Trauma, abuse, neglect, dereliction, illness indeed. And these are so, so common. So the scale of, of hopelessness for me is indicative of the scale of pain. And so I'm looking at listening to people and I'm hearing pain when I'm hearing the loss of the natural essence, the effervescence, which is hope. We really haven't begun to understand the scale of pain of our people, you know, the abused, the neglected, the marginalized. But the hope is that we are doing that now. So I travel through this world saying, this professional world saying, but we're telling more. We're, we've got to keep telling it. We haven't, we haven't begun, I think, to tell the scale of it. Some, in some sense, you can't be naive and tell people to forgive. And you can't be naive and tell people to be up, up, uh, you know, optimistic. But what you can help people to do is what naturally we want to do, which is to reconcile and to, in some way, um, unburden. You know, I like, I like to encourage people, I try to encourage myself, you know, day starts, eyes open, feet on the floor, head in the shower, glad rags on, okay? Now that's a hopeful thing, it's four steps, eyes open, feet on the floor, head in the shower, glad rags on, whatever the day is. You can be Ming under the table, but you know, the glad rags are on above the table. It's a hopeful thing to do, to take some time now, I mean, foreign travel and lots of things are constrained under this COVID, but maybe, maybe we'll talk about, you know, would it be growing something? I heard a, uh, somebody from the toy shop saying that they, they're sold out of jigsaws. Who'd, who'd imagine that jigsaws are a hopeful thing? But they are. You focus on them, you can enjoy the complete distraction of doing a jigsaw. You know, I know people who've taken to bingo in a whole new way. Now, is that hopeful? I think it's hopeful. I know how to test it because I, I like the data. Does it shine? Well, actually it does. We play it together, we connect. We have an identity around it. We are the bingo, we are the band, we are the gardeners, whatever we are. We are the truth tellers, we are the singers. We do it and we think it's meaningful.
And in that meaningfulness, we feel empowered to come around, connect and be hopeful. And it becomes a circle. Is it the work of adult life? I think it is the work of adult life. Is it easy? Absolutely not. When you get to those depths, there's no point in saying, do this, do that, be didactic. There's no point in doing that. But the natural thing of human beings is to come back to hope. It was there before it was lost. And it will be there when it's restored. And that's the hope. I think, you know, there is an aspect of vulnerability in being hopeful. And I think sometimes maybe that's that is why people find it hard to return to the hope that's within them. I think it's why people struggle to name it. So when I talk like this, I mean, I was talking to a colleague of yours just yesterday and she said to me, well, that's all a bit poetic. Can you not make it more practical? And I sort of said, well, hope, you know, jeepers, it's, you know, talk to Emily Dickinson. You know, it, it is, it's a pretty, it's a, it's, 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 it is metaphysical. But I mean, to say that isn't to say that it's Disney or pie in the sky. In fact, it is something that is, you can be hopeful, you can hope to be hopeful. You can become hopeful about being hopeful. It's, it's, it's circular. It, I suppose it is poetic in a sense, but I mean, without, I mean, life without poetry is just boring. So it, this is the thing that makes it connected with us, but it's absolutely real. And that's what's stunning when you, when, when I'm 35 years a psychiatrist this year and, you know, when you see people come back and say, do you know, doc, I'm really well. And uh, more than often you're sort of said, wow, jeepers. But it's not that you never did believed it. I, I, one man rang me today and he said, because we're all on the Zoom world. And he said, I just want to tell you, I'm very much better. So I won't waste your time. I said, please don't end the call. He said, pardon? I said, please don't end it. I said, I need you to tell me this because this is going to help me be hopeful the next call. Oh, he said, I'm very happy to tell you. This is what we're doing. We need hope for each other. I need to hope for you. I want you to hope for me. Together, we hope for each other. Mm. And when we then hear that the sea level is going to rise, that the, that the ice cap is going to melt, that we're going to all be frozen by the... And by the way, we need to worry about those things. There's no point in doing it unless we hope for each other that we'll enterprise those things. Curiously, hope does connect me to my concern for you, Jan, or you mm. concern for someone else, because you can't hope on your own. That's, that's wishing for the lottery. <laughs> hope, hope is so, you know, you can't say, I hope I'm going to win that million or 10 or whatever it is. That's just a kind of a bet. Hope is actually collective. It's a kind of thing that says, we, not I. You hope for your family, you hope for your neighborhood, you, you hope for your country, you hope for your team. It's inherently social. Again, it's human. Wellness and recovery are about discovering your self-care primary. You have to start with looking after you. In a way, learning independence and self-care is something that we've neglected, you know. And it's not just about going to the gym. It's emotional care as well. It's care for ourselves when crises come. It's care for ourselves when the illnesses and the 
the virus has come. We, we have to be better able, each of us, to take proper care. But then you get to a point where the hope has to be about something that's authentic, has identity, is meaningful and empowering. And immediately you're at a point where you have to look out. You know, mm. people say to me, well, I ran the marathon. I said, when did you run the marathon? Well, 10 years ago. I said, well, so what? Are you fit and hopeful now? Can you be? I have, I've done that. Yeah, okay, great. But what's now? Ultimately, we live with ourselves and with each other because we come into the world and we leave it. Both can be very painful and we do it ourselves. You can't hope for the past. You can only hope for a better future and try and build it with a better present. Mm. What is something practical that somebody can do in their day to day that might just stir those little embers of hope? The question supposes that there's some kind of difference between the grand idea and the ordinary. OK, and actually, the ordinary is the grand idea. I mean, Heaney, in his wonderful poem, I think it's, it's, it's Night Drive, celebrates his wife's ordinariness. Your ordinariness was renewed there, he says. I want people to be ordinary. What you can do is realize that the real achievement in life is to be ordinary. Lower the, the height of the hurdles you're trying to climb and jump more fences. Be ordinary. And a life that is ordinary is renewed every day. A life that's extraordinary is dashed every day. So now I want people to say, I do ordinary things. And so we can be activated around the ordinary. It's, it's something to be really, really celebrated. We can realign our esteem and start recognizing that we don't need to be celebrity or to be somehow celebrated. The beginning is self-care. Mm. And we and, and the celebration of us. You can't love anyone else unless you learn to be loving of yourself. And we have enormous self-loathing. We would have less addiction. We would have less self-injury. We, we would have less anger if we could start loving our ordinariness. Could I sleep and eat and exercise in a way that's utterly human, completely ordinary? and wonderful because of that. Would anybody tell me that being myself was okay? You're reminding me as you talk about this, you know, the value of the ordinary and celebrating the ordinary and not that Samuel Beckett was necessarily ordinary, but I've been struck over the last few months. I can't sort of get it out of my head. You see all these inspirational quotes doing the rounds on social media, but I can't get Beckett's, you must go on, I can't go on, I'll go on out of my head. What a genius, what a and I, I can't get, I figure that it has a joke in all of it. You know, I'll go on, go on, I'll go on. It's, it's copied, of course, in Father Ted. Go on, go on, go on. Yeah. It's true, you see. Now, I, I, I like Paul Durkin's answer to that. He's a lovely poem called, So What If I Don't Want to Go On? Yeah. <laughs> and that's a great poem. And, and I'd say, well, wait a little. The, the poet Theodore Recchi, the American poet, says, I learn by going where I have to go. Wait. It will return. A lively 
entertaining spirit once entertained you, it will return. I think that's as, as good a line to end on as any, Jim, because we, <laughs> we have no choice but to wait at the moment. We have no choice. And, and in, <laughs> listen, I really appreciate your time, Jim. Thanks so much. Thank you, you very much. Look with, with the book. Oh, the book. Well, the book, yes, the whole a whole new plan for living. I hope I hope people enjoy it. I hope it's worthwhile. It comes from a conversation I had. Sounds very heavy. A conversation I had with my father before he died mm. and where he asked me to give him a whole new plan for living. And I, 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 uh, I, I, I've never forgotten it. So uh, he's not with us. But on the other hand, it was a wonderful sentiment. This was a time mm. for planning for living. And today is that time as well. And I think that notwithstanding the difficulty of it, we can set our, our, our star high and, and aim to have a better plan. We've had a long generation of people set, believing that health couldn't be resolved, that it was, it was Angola, it was impossible, it was not, nothing, not something to go to. But I think we can plan for better health. We need to set our, 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 our star high and the hurdles low each day. I find it so comforting to be reminded of the importance of the ordinary. I know when I started thinking about this episode, like hope felt like sort of a kind of a big idea. But Jim's ability to frame it as something as natural to us as breathing and as renewable as the air that surrounds us is really reassuring. Now, of course, as he also alluded to, that doesn't always mean it's easy to be hopeful, but I suppose at least we know it's where our humanity is leading us. So much of what we talk and think about at the moment has to do with, you know, an understandable impatience to get to a place where we can see our family, socialise, travel again. And it can feel very far away some days. So I really loved when Jim reminded us that we can't hope for the past. We can only hope for a better future and to try to build that with a better present and it just brings that focus back to living the day that's in front of you. I'm also completely commandeering eyes open, feet on the floor, head in the shower, glad rags on as my new mantra. You can read more of Jim's thoughts, reflections and ideas in his book A Whole New Plan for Living which is out now wherever you get your books. Now Building on that idea of living the day that's in front of you, I mentioned at the outset about our new collection of mini podcasts really designed to just help build those moments of self-care into each day. They're a mix of exercises, meditations and chats that have a really practical focus. And look, I know when you're up to your eyes in homeschooling, working, worrying or all of the above, like it sometimes feels you can't even take five minutes, but believe me, that's when you need to take it the most. So please join us for You OK's Take 5 for Mental Health. We'll be sharing a new mini pod every day for the next 10 days. You can subscribe wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts or check out rte.ie forward slash lifestyle. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks again for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Professor Lucy and we'll talk again soon. But in the meantime, mind yourself. If you or someone you know is struggling at the moment, you can find helpline information at rte.ie forward slash support.